This is Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawarder, brought to you as always by our good friends over at VolleyballMag.com. We are in our Born on the Beach studios for the last time before AVP San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So this might be our last time for maybe two weeks that we're back, because we'll probably do a podcast from San Fran. Oh, yeah. Before we hit some Tahoe. On the site. Yep, yeah. yep. We're going to hit the mountains. Yes, we're doing a little road trip in to San Fran. You're flying there, Chase? I'm flying there, yes. Yeah. So we have uh, we do have Chase Budinger on the podcast here today. How are we doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah. Got your, your practice and your lift in today? I did. I did. We had a nice little tough practice today in this perfect weather and then got a nice little lift in. So my day's done and I'm here with you guys. Yeah. Time to sandcast it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Part three of the day. Dude, the weather has been freaking perfect yeah, the last yeah. few days. This weekend was amazing. Today... I even said it like when I got down to the beach, I was like, oh, you can't beat working, working weather like <laughs> yeah. this. No. no yeah, way. this is a little different. Uh, you're still an athlete, uh, com- you know, compared to your old job, but uh, it's a little different vibe uh, at practice, huh? It's, yes, it's way different. You know, <laughs> walking into a gym, which could be freezing at times or super hot at times. And, you know, compared to this, as you get to a, get a go down to the beach and enjoy the sunshine and, um, you know, be in the sand. Can't beat that. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about it uh, before we went on the podcast here and that just the differences between an NBA training schedule versus a beach volleyball training schedule. And the seasons are so different, too. Cause, I mean, you play 82 games a year with the NBA plus playoffs. And then beach, you play anywhere from eight tournaments for the AVP. Could be up to, like, 25 if you really get after it on the FIVB. So how does the training differ for you? Or are you still figuring that out, too? Still figuring it out, yeah. um, but what I've kind of learned is for beach volleyball, you got to kind of train for tournaments, so kind of prepare for, um, you know, three days of playing two to three matches a day, um, so your body gets used to that. You know, basketball was more of like an everyday type thing, you know, training six to sometimes seven days a week, um, you know, nonstop, and getting just the reps in. Uh, volleyball, it's more like get get two good days in of like two double days or three days in um, of double days and then take some time off and some rest. Um, you know, I've learned that you need like your shoulder to rest. You know, basketball, you, you could go almost every single day because you could take some days a lot lighter and just do some shooting or scouting. You know, volleyball, you really got to give your shoulder a rest. I'm definitely learning that. Yeah. Has it been hard just because you're, it's not that you're new to volleyball, but you're just kind of, you're new to this level of volleyball. I guess, is it hard for you to like take a day off because you're like, I'm still catching up? <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's just tough for me to take a day off because I'm so used to my basketball schedule. Uh, I'm used to six days a week, like every day, you know, lifting and practicing. And it's tough doing like two days on, one day off, two days on, and then like take the weekend off. And like when the weekend comes, I feel kind of like lost of like not getting a workout <laughs> in or like not getting a sweat in. Totally. And um, yeah, that's kind of been the challenging part for me. Even like the trainer at USA keeps telling me after he reads my surveys, like the um, body surveys, and he keeps telling me I need to take more time off. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that's one of the toughest parts for an athlete. And, you know, because they always say that, you know, an athlete dies twice, you know, when he retires from a sport and then you know, at, at the end, but you just transition from one sport to the next. Is it just, yeah. you just have this motor where you just got to <laughs> go, go, go? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate and lucky to be able to do this. Um, like you said, most, most guys, when they finish 
a sport, um, you know, they're kind of confused or they're, they're kind of lost for that, for the next journey or whatever life takes them next. And, um, I was lucky enough to like just transition into a different sport immediately and, um, you know, play at the highest level and, um, compete, um, you know, get those, um, you know, juices flowing on a daily basis of, of competing. So that's the best part about it. Yeah. Do the the pressures kind of feel the same as when you like first came into the NBA or or is it a whole different animal coming in and playing beach volleyball now? In ter- My, obviously the pressures, it's not the NBA. You don't have a, <laughs> the in- entire media force like on top of you, but... Hey, we're media right here. <laughs> besides the sandcast, we're really, sandcast. we're really riding you. <laughs> I would say I would say that my first volleyball tournament definitely felt like my first um, NBA basketball game. Um, my nerves were so high and my juices were like so flowing. My adrenaline so high. And I went out there and just crapped the bat. Like <laughs> I did it in basketball and I did it in volleyball. You know, my body felt like I was about to melt, like because my adrenaline was just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I definitely do have those feelings. Some very similar in both sports. That's got to be a cool feeling though, being able to go through it a second time, and then now you you have this whole <laughs> NBA experience to like. Uh, pull from I guess you know yeah now that you're going through it another time yeah true what was your first uh match like real pro match Huntington my first real one was Huntington <laughs> well your first one was a forfeit so it you was won, a forfeit right? yeah <laughs> so the first my very first match was a forfeit and then we had to play um Brower and Muir oh so like the top team so in one the of world. the top teams yeah. in the world <laughs> on stadium court that's right okay in the biggest event in, in the U.S. In, for the yes. years yes um, <laughs> welcome so <laughs> as you can see my nerves are and everything were flowing very high but yeah the promoter wanted you on stadium court for sure <laughs> they did that on purpose and I think like my first couple plays I think like I hit two in the net I think I like had a sand shark where I'd even I'd, get get out of the sand. I was watching the I match mean. actually, and, and you did have one where where you, you kind of like maybe jumped in a hole or something and you just didn't jump. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that. I don't think that's yeah. ever happened to me like in practice or anything. And, yeah. and I think that game it happened to me twice. At least you had Rosie so. out there. Like yeah, that's a thing. By the way, it, it happens. Yeah. yeah, I'll say at least with the NBA, you know, you can your first game, you can come off the bench, which. Was your first game against the Cavs? No, it was no? Um, at Portland. At Portland. All right. So yes. Like you could at least like come off the bench. You can get taken out if, you know, the adrenaline's going too high and you're stumbling around. But Beach, you're just, you're thrown in there. And you're thrown to the Wolves, too, with Brower mm-hmm. and Houston, who were yeah. the number one team in the world at the time. It's like, how did you and Rosie sort of rebound from that? Like, what was the conversation like after that match? You're just like... I just got to calm down. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, the whole match, Sean was trying to calm me down and just like tell me to have fun playing, um, <laughs> you know, not, not to like let it get to my head or anything and to relax. Um, and then after that, he just says it's like it's going to be a process. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. And it was my first tournament playing at the highest level. So, you know, it's kind of a tough situation to do, but um, it was a good learning experience and um, you know, we talk things out and I think we're getting better and better for sure. Yeah. But it's funny, like to go back to my first basketball game, I do remember my, the first half I get put in, 
Um, I think I had like two straight turnovers and an air ball (laughs) and and I get taken out right away. And I'm like, wow, that was embarrassing. I'm like, there's no way he's going to put me back in. And he actually does put me back in, um, in the second half. And I finally got like a fast break layup. And I just remember like, after I got that layup, like, like my nerve just kind of like flushed out of me (laughs) and it was like, just went away. And then I think I hit like a jump shot and then I had like a pretty cool dunk like in the fourth quarter. So like getting that first layup kind of just let the nerves just kind of just release out of me. It's a pretty cool feeling. Good statistics. (laughs) You you went on the positive statistics rather than the, that your only statistics in the NBA were turnovers until that layup. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I need to get a, one good one on there. Yeah. All right. Did you have a similar ice-breaking moment with Beach where, like you said, you know, you kind of hit a couple balls in the net. Did you have one where you just, like, cranked one line and you were like, okay, I'm here now. Like, I'm good. Like, you had that layup with basketball. Did that moment happen with Beach or no? No, I don't think it ever happened. Um I would say like New York was kind of like the breakthrough of, um, or Lucerne, playing in Lucerne. Um, when we went over and played in Switzerland, um, got away from like the U.S. media and family and friends and all that and kind of could just focus on just volleyball and just Sean and I. Um, I think that definitely helped of just calming myself and um, being playing more relaxed. I never had that moment of where the nerve just kind of went away. I think just um, it just happened over time, just with yeah. ex- experience and playing. And you guys played well in Lucerne too. You took a ninth. Right? Yeah, we took a ninth. Not a bad um, start to the international scene. Yeah, we were. I think we were like the last place in the quali, or very low in the qualifier, and had to play some good teams to get into the main draw. And then we were the last seed in the main draw and beat the one seed of that tournament. So yeah, so definitely. Um, Winning, winning those games definitely helped and, and gained confidence. Uh-huh. And you mentioned that, you know, when Sean was talking you through after Brower and Musing, there was a process, there'd be ups and downs. How is that process going? Like, what specific skills have you seen improvement in from Huntington until, you know, we have San Fran coming up? Because obviously, you know, you've made leaps and bounds. You know, that first, first one in Huntington, you know, you lost in four straight sets. In New York, you took a fifth. Lucerne, you took a ninth. So obviously something's working. Yeah, um, you know, I think our side-out game, my side-out game is getting a lot better. Um, you know, I'm making less mistakes. Um, I'm just getting more comfortable with figuring out defenses, blockers, what's, what's, what I could see, what I could hit. Um, and then also just figuring out defense, um, you know, blocking schemes and, and defensive schemes and trying to just help Sean, my partner, you know, figure out where the best spots for him to dig balls at. And, um, you know, I think in, in Lucerne and then New York, I think we did a better job at um, funneling stuff to him or um, me reading, reading hitters and, and finally getting some blocks. So, but that's probably the toughest thing right now for me is just really, really zoning in on um, blocking. You know, it's, it's like the most frustrating thing, yeah. <laughs> um, being a blocker and, you go through ruts where, you know, you can't get a block or you're so close to getting some, but like you're getting tooled or you, you make the right read, but somehow it just goes off you somehow or slips by you. And, um, you know, and, and just having that like next play mentality, um, 
so that's like what I'm learning a lot is just getting that next play mentality and not not letting the last play affect me. Yeah, but yeah, you know, you know, try like how frustrating blocking can get. Yeah, super gnarly. <laughs> I, I've had points where I feel like I'm legit the best blocker in the world, and then like <laughs> a match later, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm the worst blocker in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the hitter has advantage at all times, right? So you're just like trying to get your hands in the right spot, but you have to make the move first. So they can always react off of you, and yeah. you just never have the advantage when you're blocking. But when you're when you're doing it well, it, it feels good. But like sure. a, a good block, a good blocker is averaging like what two blocks a, a set. That's like really good. Yeah, and there's 21 points. Yeah, I think what so, is Phil? I bet I think Phil's like at three or 3.2 or something. Three. I think he's between two and I don't think he's past three average. No. When we when we had him on the so, podcast, right? he said he expects at least three per se. Oh, really? was it three? Okay, yeah. yeah. But Phil's expectations are... Yeah, maybe <laughs> but like... He's, but he's the best. He's the, <laughs> yeah. best, in, he's the best in the world. Yeah, so exactly. Like, the best in the world is only getting three per se. think how many balls are hit yeah. in a match. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, what, what's like, like golf. Like, it's just like a fine, fine line between like a good, a good block and, a, and one that's out and a good, good hit and a bad hit. I feel like blocking, too, is one of those skills that your casual beach volleyball fan will have no idea how difficult it is because it looks so simple, right? You just you <laughs> get, just up get and big get over the net and, like, you put yourself out there and, like, you'll get a couple blocks. But there's so many tiny, subtle movements that, Chase, I'm sure you're figuring out that make all the difference in the world. Like, when me and you went out to the racquetball courts and we just did footwork stuff for, like, an hour. Yeah, timing timing is, is a crazy thing, which, like, yeah, like, when we're working on our hands and our feet we're not really jumping because that's why we're on a racquetball court so that's taking the timing thing out of it we can be super good on this short net with our hands and everything but then we have to add in the timing eventually and then once you get the timing your timing down as a blocker on the hitter you have to make sure that's in sync with the defender behind you like what you were talking about what you're working on with rosie mm-hmm. there's so many factors and then every player has this different style and they're hitting at a different angle and you have to change things based on how tall you are. So, like, for me, playing against a seven-footer is, like, I'm, like, trying to dig them, basically, with my block yeah. instead of, like, press over and block them straight down. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's complicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but good luck. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And like like I said, that next play mentality of, like, you know, you don't have to get – you don't have to block every ball yeah. or you're not supposed to block every ball. You're right. only supposed to get a – Two, yeah. three, or get know? a good touch in there. Yeah, that your team can play, or make the right move where he hits right at your defender and mm-hmm. you get a good side out. So, um, yeah. So those are all the little things I'm learning and um, that I realize like how much more difficult this game is than than watching it. So you're you're right. Like fans really don't know how difficult this game is. Yeah. Was there anything in, that you had in mind coming into it before you actually started as a two man beach player? Like, because you played a lot of indoor, obviously, through high school, and then you played a lot of fours mm-hmm. on the beach and whatever, six-man, that kind of stuff yeah. for fun. Is there, is it a lot different now than you had kind of pictured your game tra- translating? Like, what you had already established as your game in the six-man? Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely Do you think it would be easier, like a little easier? I uh, thought it would be a little easier. Uh-huh. Um, um, just like the little, the little nuances of the game is, is what I'm trying to figure out and I yeah. d- don't know yet. And, yeah. um, that's the toughest part. Um, there's so many, 
little skills that you need to get to play at the highest level. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and at first, you know, I didn't realize you need those skills to be the best. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot tougher than what I first imagined coming in. Um, you know, I knew I was going to be a, a more of a power player and, um, you know, I'm still going to be that type of player, but, um, just learning all the little skills. It's, it's been tough. Now we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. The AVP season is back, hallelujah, which means, guess what? We are back to playing with Wilson Volleyballs again, and the College Girls plays with Wilson, and the CBVA plays with Wilson, the AVP plays with Wilson. There is a reason that all of the pros and those about to become pros play with Wilsons, all right? It is the best ball in the game. It is the one the pros use and the one that you should use as well. And the good news is, is that you can get 20% off by using our discount code WILSONSAND. All right, and I'll say that one more time. You can get 20% off by using our discount code WILSONSAND for 20% off of the best balls in the game. This podcast is also brought to you by Firefly Recovery. Listen, we're all athletes here for the most part, which means that we are all aching in some way or other or sore somewhere. All right, and a lot of times this is our knees, which is where Firefly Recovery comes into play, which is why I love them so much. So if you're one of those Weird people who go to work every day, like I do, you can strap this onto your knee while you're sitting at your desk, and it helps you recover by moving the blood around in the region. I'm not a scientist. I don't know exactly how it works. You can go to fireflyrecovery.com. They have all sorts of testimonials and information out there. But what I just want to say is that it works. Like if you're traveling on a plane to an FIVB or a Norseca or to AVP Austin or to AVP New York or Seattle or wherever it may be, use Firefly Recovery on the plane. It'll help you recover while you're sitting there on your plane ride talking to people that you probably don't want to be talking to anyway. So use Firefly Recovery to be the best athlete that you can be. We would like to welcome a new sponsor to the show, Pacific Coast Wealth Management, or PCWM, if that's easier for you. If your financial plan goes beyond making it into the main draw of an AVP volleyball tournament, check out their online planning tool at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. When you're there, click on Build Your, Build Your Financial Plan Here link and work with a, a licensed fiduciary advisor who can discuss 401k, IRA, life insurance, estate plans, tax strategy, social security, investments, or good old stock tips, also known as everything that beach volleyball players do not specialize in. You could use the help. Trust me, I know. Hit up Pacific Coast Wealth Management today. Business owners who need to offer benefits, retirement, or pension plans for their employees, partners, or themselves, or 529 college savings or Roth IRA for your kids. Did you know you can gift $15,000 per year to your kid? Start with your favorite volleyball player by connecting with us at Pacific Coast Wealth Management Instagram or www.pacificcoastwealthmanagement.com or give them a call. 949-637-7052. Again, their phone number is 949-637-7052. Or we all know that Beach Volleyball, you're on Instagram. Hit them up at Pacific Coast Wealth Management on Insta. Hit them in your DMs, whatever it may be. Get in touch. We all know we need a little financial help in Beach Volleyball. These are your guys. Julius Randall just went to the Pelicans. Oh, interesting. Um, Well... Since we're on the topic of NBA free agency now, <laughs> anyway, um, 
we talked a little bit about this before try came, but how much do you follow and keep up with the NBA? Is there any like FOMO with NBA at all, or are you totally content just kind of watching I'm, the free agency madness? Yeah, I'm totally content um, being a fan and just being an observer now. Um, definitely do not miss the free agency stuff because that's a really nerve-wracking two weeks or three weeks of your life yeah. going through it. But, um, you know, it's just fun. It's fun watching all the chaos and all the teams making moves. And, um, you know, right now everybody's pretty much trying to beat the Warriors. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You going to be going to a few more Laker games now that LeBron's here maybe? Um, if you're going anywhere. Maybe. Maybe. I kind of um, – I haven't been to an NBA game since I retired really? from the NBA. And I kind of, like, wanted some time mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. before I went back and watched a game. Um, so I think maybe next year might be the time, um, I, I, I might get back and watch a game and, you know, won't have too much like FOMO of, of like you said, <laughs> right, kind of right. be, being there and playing, you know, it's going to be different being, being in the stands than totally. being on the bench or being, being on the court. Yeah. I, I definitely, sometimes I regret going to all these AVPs <laughs> that I go to. I'm like, God damn it. Why am I here watching this? This sucks. Yeah. So like in the, the top row of the stands, there's with my family, like, so you know how you know exactly how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. But now you got a new sport, so for sure, you so got something to replace that, it. That's why I said I think now it's gonna be fine if I go and just be um, be a fan. Yeah. I'll I'm really it. curious about. I mean, just the atmosphere from an NBA game is so much different from a beach volleyball tournament. Like NBA, you have thousands and thousands of fans. And then, I mean, so much like press conferences and everything's super organized. And then in beach volleyball, like, you know, you have a couple hundred just hanging around the court in Seattle and then you, you know, you win or you lose and then you just step out into the crowd. (laughs) So how much different, has that been kind of a a bit of a shock to the system for you or has it just been pretty smooth? Um, It's different, but it's been pretty smooth. Um, You know, I've been, I've been going to these tournaments, like watching my brother and play. So I've, I've no, I know how it goes and everything, but yeah, it's way different having thousands of people watching you compared to hundreds of people. And, um, you know, the one good thing is, is I never pay attention to the crowd when I'm playing. You know, I never did during basketball. I can never hear fans yell, even if they're like in the front row. Um, so I, I take that with my into volleyball too, even if there's only 10 fans there, you know, I think I'm so locked in just playing. I, I don't hear anything around me. So yeah. Because I was watching, before we came on, I watched you do, the, you know, your dunk over P. Diddy in the 2012 dunk contest, <laughs> yeah. and you were playing up to the crowd, and I was like, that will never happen in beach volleyball, where you can just, like, play up to, like, 50,000 people. We go, go bounce a ball over, <laughs> yeah. over someone. <laughs> well, it would yeah. be fun to have, like, a skills competition. Yeah, that, kind of like that. They should do that. But, yeah, I mean, just that contrast, I was like, man, like, it's so much different from the beach. Do you like this sort of almost casual vibe of an AVP tournament? I do. I do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, um, you know, it's very beach living style. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's how beach volleyball should be. You know, I don't think it should be like an indoor and uh, very organized. And, you know, it should be people that want to just come down to the beach and watch beach volleyball and, you know, enjoy this, this awesome sport. Um, drink some beers and you know enjoy the sunshine like, yeah like that's 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 fun that's awesome that's that's what fans should want to come do on a weekend you know when the weather is amazing so I don't 
I don't see why there shouldn't be more fans. You know, beach volleyball is an amazing sport. And, um, you know, hopefully with more press and more media attention, um, you know, hopefully the sport keeps growing. Yeah. Because it should, because everyone should like beach volleyball. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's not to love. I mean, you mentioned that kind of vibe. I don't think any tournament does a better job of it than the Laguna Open, um, which you won with Taylor Crabb. (laughs) That's a pretty big tournament to win, too, like right off the bat. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, it was kind of last minute of, of um, going out there and playing. And I just shot Taylor Crabb a, a text message because um, I heard that he wanted to play but didn't have a partner. And right away, he's like, I'm in. So I was like, sweet. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sean had a, a prior engagement, so he couldn't play. Um, so it was a really cool, cool event. It's right there on the boardwalk. I've never been to... Um, that area in Laguna right there. It's so pretty. And it's so beautiful just in the cove and the beach is amazing and the boardwalk and you get everyone just walk, walking the streets. Um, yeah. So like, you know, I can't wait for next year because it's just such a beautiful place. Yeah. And I mean, you've had two partners right off the bat. I mean, you have Taylor, who's probably the the top up and coming American player, I would I would think, and then Rosie, who's been one of the best of all time. I mean, how much have you learned just from being around so many incredible players? Because I'm sure that you guys are getting top tier training groups too, with top tier coaches as well. Yeah, well, first of all, I, I think um, I give myself credit for picking them well, <laughs> picking my partners good. This is true. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Um, being able to play with Sean and, um, you know, be in main draws for AVP, I think that's pretty cool. If not, not many people can, uh, can do it that <laughs> yeah. quick. Just can do it that yeah, way and not go through the qualifier and yeah. points that way. So. I want to I uh, try this sport. Uh, <laughs> hey, two-time <laughs> Olympian. Will you partner with me? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Done deal. But, um, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, living, living in Hermosa Beach, it's the mecca for beach volleyball. So you get to train with you know, the best players in, in the U S because they all live down here. And, um, you know, it's a little close, close little volleyball family that you get involved with and you train with and try to improve with. So, yeah. And you mentioned that you pick your partner as well, which obviously you have, (laughs) I'm curious. So you were in Spain before you came and played with Rosie. If you didn't pick up a partner of Rosie's caliber or someone that you pretty much would have been a straight shot to main draw, is this still a transition you would have made from basketball to beach or you maybe you would have tried to to gut it out another year or two? I, I maybe would have tried and gutted it out another year. Um, you know, during the time when Sean asked me to if, if I wanted to play with him, I was still mulling over offers that were coming in, overseas offers for basketball. Um, and I even told that when we, when we had our meeting and talked things out and, um, started training a little, a little bit, you know, I told him that I was still maybe deciding to go play basketball. And it probably was like a good month of that, of, um, of us kind of, you know, messing around the beach, getting some practices in, um, and then all these offers are coming in. And for me, I was really just looking for the right situation, um, you know, I didn't have a great experience last year of going overseas. Um, so I knew that if I did go back overseas, I wanted it to be the perfect situation. So like somewhere beautiful that the enjoyment of life would be, you know, the, one of the best, um, a good team, good money. So all that. So, um, I think if Sean didn't come calling, I probably would have chose one of the teams over there and gutted it out and played another year of basketball. So, 
um, Sean definitely helped push me into beach volleyball and get that, that career started. Yeah. Good decision so far? I think so. Yeah. 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 Because like one of the main things also going back into basketball, if I did another year is like, well, if I did do a couple months going overseas, do I want to do it the next year again? And like, and again, and again, and again. So, um, that was like the ultimate decision of being like, well, I really don't want to keep going overseas and playing. And, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got a beautiful home here. I live in Hermosa beach. Like I want to enjoy that part of my life. So like I said, once he came calling, it, it made it a lot easier to make that, that transition. And that choice. So. so yeah, I'm very lucky. Very lucky. You mentioned before your brother, Duncan, who also plays AVP. And then we talked a little bit earlier about your sister, Brittany, who played professionally volleyball. And she's, I think, what, the first or only volleyball player to have her jersey retired at uh, USF? I think she's the only, yeah, volleyball player. To, and Pretty she impressive. Her, yeah, she's got, <laughs> wow. she's, got the, she's got the rest of us beat. But, um, yeah, it's really cool. Um, she's up there with, like, Bill Cartwright, Bill Russell's up there. So you got some pretty cool people of jerseys up there that she's up there with. And, yeah, I'd say so. And it was pretty funny. We actually, um, one of my teams I was with in the NBA, we actually practiced at USF. Uh-huh. And we come walking in, into the, the gym, and some of my teammates look up, and they're like, what the heck? Like, is <laughs> then they look at me. It's like, is this is this like are you related? I'm like, oh yeah, that's just one, that's just my sister. You know? no, no big deal. And they're like, no way, that's so cool. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive. Um, she had a great career there, and um, yeah, she's she was a pretty darn good volleyball player. Yeah, you guys have one athletic family. I mean, what was it like growing up with you guys? What was your childhood like? Because I mean that. I mean, that's really impressive to have three very accomplished athletes from the same household. It was very competitive. I imagine. Um, yeah. <laughs> my brother and sister and myself, I think, are like the most competitive people you like you could get in a room together. Are you the youngest? Um, I'm the youngest. Okay. So I'm the youngest. My brother's four years older than me, and then my sister's six years older than me. Uh-huh. Um, so for me, I was always competing with my older brother and trying to beat him and he would never let me beat him. So he would always just beat the crap out of me all the time. He's a big dude too. He's bigger than you, Yeah, he's bigger than me. And back then, I mean, way bigger than me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so pretty much like what happened was like, we would play a lot of one-on-one in the backyard and he would just always beat me up and stuff. But as I got older, you know, my skill level got better and... And like I started getting closer to him playing wise, um, and we had one gnarly game of one on one in the backyard that got so cutthroat that like throwing bows, we're barefoot, <laughs> we're chucking each other into into our little wooden fence thing, dun- <laughs> like dunking on each other. Um, my parents were so scared during this game that one of us were going to get hurt, or we would just drop the ball and start fist fighting. <laughs> and I think after that they pretty much told us that we were never allowed to play one-on-one in the backyard ever again. <laughs> like, they're like, no more. You got, you two can never do anything together in the backyard, like, competing-wise. So after that, we've never, we've never played one-on-one Go take since. it out on other people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, yeah, we were just a very, very competitive family, for sure. Yeah, was it – did everyone play volleyball and basketball or – Everyone played volleyball and basketball, yes. Um, yeah, and then once they went to college, uh, my sister and brother, they both played um, volleyball, indoor volleyball. Okay. And now your, your final three options were 
USC, UCLA, and Arizona, right? Yes. And then you could have played both at the LA schools, but Arizona didn't. I don't. Arizona still doesn't have an indoor team. They often. don't. No. They just have a club team, so okay. they don't have like a, a Division One um, men's team. Okay. And yeah, yeah. When I was um, getting recruited, um, those the sales pitch of UCLA and USC were, you know, hey, you come here, you could play both sports. You know, even though they overlapped a little bit, but like both the volleyball coaches were like, you know, that's fine. Like whatever the basketball season's done, just come join the team as soon as you can. Yeah. Um, but I think I had a real good connection with uh, Lute Olson, Arizona, and that was pretty much the ultimate factor for me. And that's why I went and chose Arizona was because of him. Yeah. Um, and then also in my mind, I wanted to like see how far basketball could take yeah. me, you know, like let's, let's focus just on one sport and see what this could do for me. Did you have a preference growing up for one sport or the other? Because I know that when I was growing up, whatever season it was, that was my favorite sport. Like in the fall, I loved golf. In the winter, I loved basketball. And then in the spring, I was all baseball. And then did you ever, was basketball always number one for you? Or was there kind of a, a tug of war there between the two? It was, it was a tug of war. Um, kind of like what you said is, you know, whatever season it was, I like, kind of liked it better. Um, you know, I loved playing JOs for um, for volleyball, and I loved uh, the AAU circuit for basketball. Um, I loved high school basketball games because they got more of a crowd than the volleyball games did. Um, so <laughs> it was just it was, it was definitely mixed, uh, mixed feeling about both sports. Um, the one thing like I do missed is the physicality of basketball. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely miss it. Still miss it now. You know, I want to. Trying to like, find a way to find a way to just get some like just some elbows into somebody uh-huh. or just like some pushing, just something, you know, that's that's like the one thing like I'm missing in life right now. That, <laughs> you need that, your brother that, like, back. I, I know, I need my brother to like, you know, go play some one on one now. Right. Like I need that, need that. So yeah. um but yeah. But that's the one thing. I was always the guy in basketball that's like growing up in Hawaii, I'm like the tallest by far. It's like big Asian community, whatever. <laughs> so they wanted me to like play center and like me to like rough it up down low with all like the Polynesian kids. I'm like, and I'm like so skinny. I'm like, ow, like, ah, like all those just trying probably to probably some big guys. Yeah. They're like huge. some big, strong guys that you had. Yeah. To... I'm just like the skinniest white kid out there, but I was really tall. <laughs> so I that's hated funny. the contact. I was like, this sucks. Like I'm just getting beat up down there. I'm just going to shoot. Yeah. That's really uh, funny. And I wasn't that good at it, but, um, yeah, that's funny. I, I never think like, I need some like physical contact out here. Yeah. yeah. You see all these volleyball players, like, <laughs> like barely touching each other under the net and I mean the Brazilians are flopping all over the place <laughs> trying to get the call that's I mean that's one of the things I played basketball from the day I could walk until and I played club at Maryland that like doubled on our scout team through you know, those four years and I miss that physicality too and it makes me so mad when like volleyball players are kind of fussing over like these tiny little nicks and bruises oh, yeah. I'm like you're fine <laughs> I know I know. can't even watch soccer true. yeah <laughs> it's very true yeah yeah um, you can, I mean, I guess for me, the physicality part is like blocking where you can get super aggressive at the net and like jousts and that stuff where you're trying to throw the other guy down. But yeah, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> you got to be getting a lot of blocks to like really get that. Yeah. Fix I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like in, when I'm in a tournament, like if I do get a block, like yeah. get that energy of right. like, you know, yeah. pushing off someone and getting like a dunk or something right. like yeah. trying to yeah. get that same feeling. Have you kind of developed anyone that you really like playing against or really like beating yet? Like, is there anyone that you kind of look to as sort of a rival yet? 
Or is it still, because everyone's so friendly to each other, it's kind of, that animosity is sort of hard to find, whereas in basketball, you know, it's easy. Um, not really. I mean, I think right now, Reed and Jeremy are kind of like, yeah, you've drawn them tonight. We've drawn, time, we've right? drawn them almost every tournament and have lost to them in three every tournament. So um, they're kind of like our kryptonite of the one team that we, you know, haven't got over yet. So yeah, probably them. Yeah. Probably them for sure. What about like, um, I'm sure you've been watching some film, like trying to study the game a, a little bit more. Is there any players that you've watched that like, oh, I kind of want to emulate their style a little bit more or like steal? Because a lot of players have different styles, different teams run different tempos and all that stuff or are you kind of just going into it your own trying to build your own brand of volleyball um i don't know how much film you're watching yeah Rosie, right, i know right Rosie now, doesn't watch right that now much. i want to <laughs> that's true um right now right now I'm, I'm really not trying to emulate anybody mm-hmm. um first i need to like get some games under my belt and yeah, then start yeah, watching yeah. film myself first yeah and then once i like start watching myself and like learning my style, then I could figure out like who I could steal and things, steal here things and from, you yeah. know, who like I kind of play like, and then steal stuff from them. So yeah. still trying to figure it out. I can't say that I necessarily, Travis talks about it a lot, but I can't say that I necessarily have was like trying to copy one certain player. Um, when I first came out either, but you said you kind of like look at I try lefties to take, and then people that are six five. And I take bits and pieces from from a lot of people like you, uh, Madison McKibben, Tim Baumgren, Trevor, and then I just try six like five all, guys. Yeah, pretty much all guys my height, and I probably relate most to Trevor. Um, yeah, I watch the most on him, but like, I don't jump like you or Madison. You better have good and vision. Me and Tim are super <laughs> weird lefties, so he's a good one to watch. But yeah, I like. I don't know. I'm just a visual learner. I'll like see something and then I can replicate it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So the more I do that, just like the better I'll get. So that was like the thing that helped me the most and <laughs> still got a long way to go though. Obviously <laughs> qualified for one. Yep. So hopefully we can get another one in San Fran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now with you growing up, I read in that sports illustrated story that we were kind of laughing about for them mixing up Taylor and Trevor Crabb that your parents always put you one or two years ahead of your age group? Yes, they did. Um, growing up, um, playing pretty much any sport as they always had me playing up. You know, I was always, I was always a bigger kid um, in, for my age group. So because of that, you know, they wanted me to, you know, always play up because they didn't want me to get kind of, um, you know, pinpointed into like position. And mostly when you, when you're, the tallest one, you're a center in basketball, or you know, you're the tallest one, you're a middle blocker in volleyball. Um, so I think they realized that at an early age. So they always had me playing up and um, as as high up as I, I could, you know, until the point of like, okay, he's he can't compete against those guys. But they had me playing until I could compete with guys, and uh, I think it really helped me through my whole high school um, career, just because. Um, you know, I was always playing against better guys, bigger guys, and um, I had to really work on my game. So for basketball, I was always a guard growing up. And, um, you know, I really had to learn guard skills. And um, as each year went by, I kept getting taller and taller and taller. And, um, you know, my, my high school coach saw that I had guard skills, so he didn't put me down low. He let me be, you know, a two guard, a three guard, and handle the ball a lot. And... Um, 
yeah, it definitely benefited me because, you know, if I got, if I became a center or stuff, I don't think I would have been able to make the NBA. Yeah. I think every parent and coach should listen to that because I used to ref youth basketball and I would always see these tall kids and they would, their coaches just say, just stand in the middle and they're crippling these yeah, kids development because they don't develop any skills. But like you said, if you're developing guard skills while growing, now you're a six, seven guy who can play shooting guard. Like that's an absurd skill set to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super beneficial. I mean, um, you know, and, and also like some, sometimes if you're the big guy early on, you might stop growing. So right. You might yeah. not, you might not be a big guy. Like <laughs> yeah. keep, you might not keep growing and, and still be the big guy. So then you get screwed and you're a, a six, two, a six, three center. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're, you're not going anywhere being a six, two, six, three center. So, um, I always, I always felt and my parents obviously saw it was, look, you gotta, you gotta get, become a guard if you're going to be basketball. And also, also, being a, a being a white boy, you need to, you need you need to be able to shoot the ball. You need, you need to be able to do a lot more right. things. Yeah. So, being a white guy, I mean, you can jump. I mean, you, what, what's the last time you had your your vertical measured? Um, it's been it's been years since I've I've had it actually measured. But yeah. um, I don't know. I think the last time I had it measured, like approach jump, was I don't know thirty eight, forty maybe. Um, but well above it would be it would be it would be it would be fun to see what it's at now at some point maybe after the after the volleyball season I think it would be a good time to get out the little stick and, and see how high I could I could jump it yeah. must have felt good to be one of the better white boy dunkers in the league it was right? yeah, yeah it was pretty cool <laughs> I don't know who else like there's, there's not that many there hasn't been there hasn't been that many I mean especially in the in dunk the contest yeah the last one I could think of is like probably Brent Barry um, he was he won the dunk contest oh, did way he? back when he wow. he had like a free throw line dunk, um, oh. you know I, David Lee but he, I think he won a dunk contest one but he's a big guy so yeah that's that's different not a jumper Larry Bird um, wasn't winning any but yeah there's <laughs> no. there's not there's not many there's not many big big white 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 guy dunkers um, in the NBA it's kind of cool to see actually you making the transition because I mean us volleyball players we always like. God damn, if DeAndre Jordan was out here, we might be screwed, you know? Because <laughs> guys that are just touching, like, 13 feet, we're just like, we can't exactly play up there. Like, there's not much you can do. Yeah, true. Um, but to see you thrive in the NBA as an athlete and then come out here and kind of maybe above average out here too, but but to kind of translate that and show us that, like, all right, we, like, we're, we're very athletic people as well, just not uh, – just not those six ten guys with forty inch verts. Like that's ridiculous. I think the the video that kind of showcases how athletic you are making this transition is I think a year or two ago, April Ross and Jeannie Durango and Lauren Fendrick did a Gatorade commercial with Oh yeah. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. And they played volleyball against them. And I mean Carl Anthony Towns, he he looked like Bambi. Like he was falling all <laughs> over, like he couldn't jump. And they were like exhausted after like an hour and they're like holy shit like this is really hard and then like you come out and like you're taking fifths already and you're what it was a third second tournament of the year for the avp um what was that second in new yeah new york new york was, was second Austin yeah, second new york yeah. yeah so i mean you've made this transition really fast with obviously a lot of upside to go yeah it's a lot different there's i don't think there's many nba guys that could play beach no. you know it's it's being like you said, is these guys don't understand the sand. 
Right. You know, of, of having to move and jump and, um, you know, do all that stuff, you know, be able to pass a volleyball. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of guys think like, Oh, like if this, this NBA guy played volleyball, he would be so good, but there's no way they don't have the yeah. skills for it. Yeah. You know, I was lucky enough. I grew up playing volleyball. I grew up on the beach, so I got a lot of beach, beach skills and volleyball skills growing up. So I've learned the game at a, at a young age. Would you say basketball or volleyball is more technical? I know that's a very fine line, but like, like precision wise, like, I mean, for us, I'm thinking like passing, like if your platform's just a, a barely off, like, you know, you're going to get ace kind of thing versus, I don't know, you guys are shooting from pretty damn deep too. So that's like very precise. I don't know if you can compare that, but yeah, it's, that's a tough question. It's, um, can't really compare it. You can't really compare yeah. it. They both, you both, you both, both need very precision skills in each part. And especially for me, because I was a shooter. Mm-hmm. So, right. so for being a shooter, you, you need to be able to be locked in and knock down shots. Yeah. And I think just the, the biggest thing with both sports is just the repetitions that you need, you know, volleyball. Um, yeah. You're playing against different guys every, every game, but it's the same skills. You got to be able to pass a ball, set a ball, and hit a ball, or make a, make it the right shot. Yeah. Um, so you just need just the repetitions after repetitions of 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 doing that. Yeah, I feel like indoor volleyball. That question would probably be easier with indoor volleyball compared to basketball because there's separate positions. Whereas you know, right, in right. beach, you have to be able to do everything. It's like everybody's like a small forward. Where yeah. you have to be able to do every single skill. Yeah, that's true. Because there's no like set positions. Yeah, if if I mean if basketball was like uh, two on two, let's say. Yeah. Then you wouldn't have the Javel McGee's and those <laughs> guys, true. right? Who can't shoot? <laughs> no, no. You'd have all like the middle range guys who can do everything. The LeBrons, the Durants. Yeah, they would just dominate. Those, those guys would be yeah. Right. Yeah. Which speaking of KD, you had a hell of a high school class. It was what oh, yeah. you and KD, Ty Lawson, Thaddeus Young was he? I, I know that like my McDonald's class was pretty unreal. I, I think like I think easily they've that class have just made over a billion dollars in the NBA so far. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> um, but yeah, it was like the Lopez twins, Thaddeus Young, Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington. Um, Darrell Arthur, Kevin Durant, Spencer Haas, like, I'm, I'm forgetting a ton. You're kind of a leader of that yeah. group too, right? Um, Wasn't there like a co-MVP? I was, McDonald's yeah, I got, I got co-MVP of the McDonald's game with Kevin Durant, um, which was really surprising to me because I think I only had like 11 points in the game, but, um, Everyone was trying to get theirs probably. Kevin Durant had like 25. <laughs> um, but I did like, I did some, I had some cool highlights. I had All some right. really good passes, um, had some like good rebounds and stuff. But yeah, the, my, my stats weren't that great, but I guess um, I impressed the committee or whoever, whoever um, makes that decision enough <laughs> to do that. So yeah, I got a cool little trophy at home, the, the pyramid of success of, of John Wooden's. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was a pretty cool experience for sure. What is the athletic accomplishment that you would say you're most proud of at this point with still a lot of room for more? Athletic accomplishment? What do you mean by that? Like, well, so, you know, drafted in the NBA, 
McDonald's co-MVP with Kevin Durant. Uh, even like a quarterfinal in New York is probably up there. Um, I don't know. Is there one that, that ranks higher that you look to as like, oh yeah, like I did that? I would say being in the same dunk contest yeah. was like... Um, yeah, that's pretty legit. Dunking uh, over P. Diddy. Like, <laughs> you got one of those pictures of you like in the yeah. arena dunking over one of the biggest celebrities in the world like with the whole world watching. Yeah, is is but like um just dreaming like of being in the dunk contest as a little kid. And there was like as I was growing up, you know, I really thought there was no chance of being in in the dunk contest. So when I finally got the call and at, and they asked me, I was like for sure. I was like a little little kid in a candy store <laughs> being yeah. like, "Heck yeah, like I'm in 100%." Um but the one dunk I did dunk over P. Diddy, I've never been so nervous. Yeah, I was going to um, say, how's that for nerves? We, we pretty much like planned that in, an hour before the dunk contest. Oh, God. Um, we got him to come, come early, and we had some practice tosses. We had some practice rounds. How did you get in touch with P. Diddy, by the way? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me. It was one of the NBA guys right. who, who knows that that P Diddy loves to be involved in yeah, this type yeah. of stuff and be in the spotlight. Right. So like they knew that he would be down and, uh-huh. and like into it. So they, they, they gave him a call real quick, <laughs> but like we only converted like one out of eight in practice. Oh, wow. So like leading up to it, that's why I was so darn nervous because I was like, Oh man, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to like miss jump. I don't want to take, oh, like, take, out P. Yeah, Diddy. take out P. Diddy. <laughs> um, you know, like sometimes it happens when, when you go and jump, like your leg might just give out. You know, you don't know. Like that, that happens. P. Diddy needs plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I was, I was, it was another one of those moments of like, we did it, did it on the first try. We were done. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like that, that one was over. Like now I could like relax and just enjoy the event. Oh. But yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to, to be involved in that and to meet him and um, just to, to jump over him. I bet, I, yeah. bet, I bet I'm the, I'm the only one in the world that could say I jumped over P. Diddy. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That would be right up there. My accolades for sure. New claim to fame. Yeah. Jump, jumped over a billion dollar prop. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Talk about being nervous, <laughs> Jesus! Upgrading from Blake Griffin's Kia. <laughs> yeah, that's way that's way gnarlier. It was it was uh, it was also really funny too. Is when we um, when he first came out and I was explaining to him that that I wanted him to throw the ball up and I was going to jump over him. His um, his bodyguards came up and were like, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on, like, wait a minute, we we're not doing this. Hey, like, you're white, like, bro. <laughs> like, like, do we know this white guy could do this? Like, but um, yeah, it was really funny. Like the guy was like, no, no, yeah, he could do it. It's, it's easy. It's, it's easy. So it was really funny that whole that whole situation with his bodyguards and him and everything That's leading so up to it. Do you, you mentioned that like when you were a little kid, that's something that you wanted to do. do you, was there like a particularly like memorable dunk contest that you were like, yep, I definitely want to do that? I mean, just watching like MJ and Dr. J go out at it. Like those were the, the glory days of, of yeah. the dunk contest. Like, man. And then like when Vince Carter came and started oh, doing God. his stuff, it was like, what? Yeah, so definitely those, those guys 
um, were, were like the awe factor for me of, of being like, man, this would be awesome one day to do this. Yeah. And now we got, I mean, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine put man, on a show they put, every year. Yes, Holy they, cow. They definitely brought back those, those type of memories of a, of a dunk contest. And they, they went at it. They had some super original dunks. So it was fun to watch. Yeah. Now, circling back to, to volleyball a little bit, we've kind of mentioned the future a little bit. I mean, when you look at the age of volleyball players, I mean, you can play for the next 15 years if you want. I mean, have you begun to think about what your goals, like short-term, mid-term, long-term are? Or are you just looking at how can I be as good as I can be for San Francisco right now? And then you'll figure the rest out once October rolls around and you get a minute to breathe. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to just do, you know, focus on one tournament at a time and try to be the best player I can for each tournament and get better. Um, but for long-term, um, you know, I would love to try to try to make Olympics one year. Um, you know, to win, to win a Manhattan Open in the AVP tournament and get my name, you know, on, on the, on, on the pier, the pier. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. On the pier. Like, you know, those are, those are really, uh, should be some really cool goals of mine and some very memorable goals. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. those are some things I, I have in mind. And it would be fun if you could put like a little quote or saying on your plaque on the pier. Like Chase Buttinger won the Manhattan Beach Open in 2017 and dunked over P. Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> they might allow that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. That'd be pretty funny. That'd, that'd be, be pretty awesome. cool. Like, I mean, for me too, I like take a lot of pride in being an athlete more so than just a specialized volleyball player. Um, obviously, I never played multiple sports at the highest level, but. Uh, I can imagine it'd be pretty cool to be able to like, you know, carve your name into like the history of beach volleyball as well as what you've already done in basketball. That's like, you didn't just play volleyball. You like were a big part yeah. of it and like did something. In it. For sure. That's for sure. Be. So, yeah. So those are some things that for sure, um, in my mind. And like you said, I mean, what's awesome about being a volleyball player is you could play till you're 40, 45. I mean, there's some of the best guys are, are doing it at that age. So yeah. it's getting later that date every year I've played with Hyde and everyone's like, you can play till you're 42. <laughs> <laughs> Next year you can play till you're 43. And now it's gotten to 45. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of just setting the bar for everyone. Keeps on going. Or else friggin' Jake and them might be out of here by now, but they keep sticking around because Hyden keeps yeah. raising that bar. Yeah. Damn it, exactly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and with, with a lot of the top teams gone in, in San Francisco, too, uh, have you kind of starred this one as this is a really good shot to win one? I mean, not saying that you can't win when Phil and Nick are in a tournament, but it makes it significantly easier when you don't have to run into them. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good opportunity for us to um, make it to a Sunday. And like, what, what's really cool is what Sean has always said is, is just in a tournament, he's like, always just try to make a Sunday. If you make a Sunday, anything could happen. So that's always been our focus and our goal is just always to try to make a Sunday. And then once you get there, all you need is, is two matches to, to win a tournament. So um, this is a great opportunity for us to um, hopefully get that chance of making a Sunday and, and, then, and then winning a tournament. So I think we'll be a four or five seed, um, so, which is, has been much better than the last couple of tournaments that we've been in. Yeah, Sundays are... It's a different vibe. It's it's funny, like, when I was younger, I always thought it'd be, like, more hectic on a Sunday, right? But now the outer courts aren't going anymore, and there's only, like, what, four teams on each side? 
in the player's tent. So it's like pretty much quiet and like no one's around and you basically don't see fans until you get into the stadium. So it's cool being there on Sundays, like having that new vibe. Nerves are a little higher because everything's like quiet and everyone's waiting for you to play. So that might help you actually feel a little more at home <laughs> yeah. rather than like it just kind of being like a random circus where people are just walking around. <laughs> but Sean's certainly used to Sundays, so. Yeah. I don't, he's probably made more Sundays than, than not made in his lot. career, I would guess. I'd have to, that'd be a good one to look into, just how many, Sunday, how many Sundays Sean has played. I yeah. think he's. I think he's one of the top, or if he's not the top for AVP um, Sundays uh, made of games, just games. Oh, games, games played. Right, played. we were trying to figure that out. I um, think like him and Ed Ratledge are up there too, and, and Adam one, Roberts. Adam Roberts. Yeah. And Adam yeah. Roberts. Because <laughs> <laughs> Adam never skips AVPs either. Right. You know, he he's played some international stuff, but never at the expense of an AVP. So he has that advantage where, you know, if Sean and Phil were making a run at the Olympics, they would have to skip half of them. Or, like, you know, you've only played two in the last two years. Chase, you've, all, you've almost <laughs> played more AVPs than me already. <laughs> <laughs> you've played the same, or no, you, what have you played, three? Three now. Yeah, you've played more than I played in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Funny. And now for you and Rosie to make a Sunday, we mentioned blocking. What do you think you guys need to do as a team to shore things up and, and make that because it's it's not like you guys need a, a big step or anything I mean you you had Reed and Jeremy on the ropes um it's not like any macro skills are missing what are just the fine tuning that you and Rosie think you need to do um I think from our from our last tournament um we just need to really focus in on finishing games you know we've been in a lot of close games and have lost them um, so if that's like just focusing in on, on passing or setting the ball or, um, you know, making a call for your, for your partner of where to hit the ball, um, just really just zoning in and, and focusing in a little more when the game's on the line and, um, you know, and, and finish and finish plays. So, you know, we, we miss a lot of opportunities um, in our last tournament of, of those. So I think that's our going to be our big focus going into this tournament of you know finishing matches, um, trying to capitalize on teams when we're up, and um, yeah, go from there. Yeah, and now you are the four or five seed, and Duncan is the either three or four, right? Depending on what Reed and Jeremy four or do. five. Oh, four or five. Okay, four depending five. on what Reed and Jeremy are doing in Portugal. So there is a chance that you <laughs> and Duncan play each other. Um, yeah. You guys, has that ever happened? Um, well, I guess no. not in a long time on volleyball. Huh? It's yeah, it's never never happened. Things might get physical. <laughs> yeah, they, they very they very well could. Mom and dad. Um, I know I know that my mom and dad definitely do not want to see that that game happen. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it would be very very interesting if if we get matched up somehow. Um, hopefully we don't, or hopefully it's in the finals. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to. Your parents are gonna have to give. Um, the, the, Trevor and Taylor's mom and dad a call to oh, see yeah. how, how they handle uh, that. Yeah. They stress out. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, though. But, yeah, I mean, good luck uh, to you up in San Francisco. Um, now, is there anything else that you want to discuss? Anything that you wish we would have asked you that we might have missed? I mean, I'm surprised you guys didn't talk more about LeBron coming to L.A. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Let's we got go. Go. Like, it, it just happened or, like, all the 
Laker signings that have been happening today and yesterday and all that. Like, yeah. things are getting weird in LA. It's, it's, it's going to be... I don't think I can afford Laker tickets anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, tell them how much that you saw the season tickets Yeah, I saw, I saw someone online um, buy two ticket, two season tickets um, for $115,000. What? And that, that, that doesn't include playoffs. What? Like, absurd. I can't Abs- comprehend that. So if, like, that's going to be, like, the norm, no one, like, you're going to have to, I don't even know how you get tickets. Hopefully you have friends or someone that. Yeah, you got to have some <laughs> friends in the league. That, that know that, that, that got season tickets or anything. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be showtime again. And it's going to be a lot of celebrities at games. The like personalities on that team. Yeah, really, huh? It's, it's insane. Like, you got Rondo. Yeah, they just signed him like what five minutes ago. They just signed Rondo. <laughs> yeah. They they got Javal McGee, um, Lance Stevenson, Lance Stevenson, <laughs> Sha- Shaq's boy Javel McGee, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he got Lonzo. Yeah, and Lonzo and his dad so, and his so dad. Lamar's so in there too. Man, it's oh, gonna God. be <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be. Man, it is gonna be a media circus for them. You got with, any friends on them. the team or any guys you played with? Um, I don't. Um, I know Luke Wallen pretty well. Oh yeah. So um, yeah. So I can another volleyball get, player. Another volleyball player. Yes. I oh, do. there's your in for the tickets. <laughs> we need to get Luke on the podcast to talk about this. He might be a little busy right now. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Maddie and Riley can bring uh, him out for a four man, we can get him twenty minutes on the podcast. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but he loves volleyball, so like you got to like get some volleyball action with yeah. him. Yeah, there's a few guys. There's a few guys in the NBA that. Uh, that love volleyball, right? I love, yes. Um, Richard Jefferson's another one who mm-hmm. absolutely loves all volleyball. Maybe uh, we could get on his podcast. Road trip? Swap, swap podcast. Yeah. He had April on there actually once. That'd be For fun. sure he'd want you on there. For sure. Now that you're playing at the pro level. He's probably jealous, actually, that, <laughs> that you got to play bowl. For sure. Definitely doesn't have the skills, though. <laughs> no, definitely not. No. Uh, Steve he's Nash? A, he's, he's a good four-man, but yeah, right. Steve Nash loves to play. Yeah. I've seen him out he's there. actually he's not he's not bad he's, he's a good passer obviously right <laughs> yeah that makes sense <laughs> uh, who else Sasa Vujicic oh, he's actually really? he's actually pretty good I would not have predicted that yeah one. he's actually pretty good he he lives in Manhattan Beach so he's around here and he was he's played in the last couple of six mans and he's actually not bad you used to play a lot in the off seasons right I did I played I played a lot of four mans who did you who did you drag out with you from your team or was he did you usually just kind of go on your own with with beach players I kind of just went on my own with beach players and then also I played a lot with like Luke Walton and Richard Jefferson and they've got like a little crew that that they play twice a week or something and, yeah you know sometimes like Matt liner would come out and play nice. um, yeah. like a couple of years ago Blake Griffin used to come out and play all the time so I yeah, see. This, how's Blake He's he's all right. He can't pass or or no ball do control. no ball control, control. But the dude could jump super high and and could hit the hit, hit a ball if he gets you know his arm around it. Right. Sometimes, sometimes he'll hit it and I'll go f- sixty feet out of bounds. <laughs> right. Um, and then blocking wise, I mean, he jumps very high again, but doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Um, but yeah, just super athletic. I think I actually did play with Sasha Vujicic once. Once, once, uh, <laughs> that uh, whatever, wherever that name's from, it got me saying ch for my C's. Is that Russian? Croatian? I don't know. Key were Sasha Vujicic. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, anyway, not, I'm not sure. But I, I saw him. I saw him play a, a little bit back when he was dating Maria Sharapova. Right? Weren't they dating back in the day? I think they were. Yeah. I saw them down there playing. They're yeah. so competitive. I was like, you guys aren't even good at this, but you're like freaking out and like Going getting all, all competitive. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. It'd be kind of fun to have a celebrity pro am volleyball tournament. You can bring out like a Steve Nash. Kevin Love played. Griffin. He played with um, Kevin Love, Jesse yeah. Rambis. That's right. Kevin Love did play. Mm-hmm. Plays a little bit. Does um, he live in LA on the off season or something? He he does. He has a house, I think, up in Hollywood. Yeah. I think almost. I think there's like eighty percent of NBA players live in LA in the in the off season. Oh really? Yeah. It's it's like a, it's a very high number of guys That's percent crazy. of guys of NBA players yeah, that, that train and mostly they're all like in Brentwood or Hollywood or up there in the hills you'd think the like Lakers guys would all be down here because the uh, yeah, facilities true. here it's right super close I know most of them go up to the bigger neighborhoods where you can have gated communities yeah. and all that yeah <laughs> Blake, Blake used to Blake used to live in Manhattan Beach and he actually had to move up to like Brentwood area for that reason of getting security, more security, having a bigger lot with yeah. with gated gated stuff because I guess he had some stalkers or something. Damn. So nice. you would think that like in this area, like people would get used to it by now, right? Just like seeing celebrities because like you they're all they're all the over the place. Yeah, but you can like drive from people. inland, like Inglewoods down the street or wherever you know. And I mean, yeah, coming. you're right. Like, yeah, I've I've walked into Showback and. And like I'm walking in, and there's Mark Cuban in the corner, just <laughs> just what? drinking his face off. Like, <laughs> no way. Like just like yeah, you, you know that, that that happens all the time. Yeah, um, we need to get that guy to buy the tour. <laughs> Imagine yeah. what that tour would be like. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. You need to tap in. Yeah, what do you think about like the, uh, I don't know, the way the tours run, like as a whole, the business of it. Do you think it's to what it or do you think it's kind of developing into something like that has more potential or like because we always like imagine like we never played for like a business like the NBA so we're always imagining like god if the right person just got a hold of it it would you know we'd be we'd never be as big as the NBA but like we'd be like I don't know what's another sport tennis or something like that you know yeah um I think it's 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 run all right um I think I think the biggest deal that needs to be that needs to happen with beach volleyball or the AVP is just um, TV money. Mm-hmm. You know that's 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 why the NBA thrives so much is, yeah. is all the TV money and that's why players are making so much is is the TV deal that happened I think four years ago they they projected that it was going to be like 10, 10 billion over ten years and it was actually twenty four billion what? over over ten years so. Because of that jump, that's why you see guys making 150 million to 160 million. Because they're legitimately worth that money to the teams, right? Yeah. And you yeah. also have fans yeah. paying 115 grand for season <laughs> tickets. Yeah. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's like that's that's also another tough tough thing for beach volleyball is it's because it's on a beach and it's you know you get people that want to just walk down and watch it. You can't really charge them to to come in and watch you know they kind of want to be on the beach and it's the beach lifestyle yeah so we it's don't so have different like, we don't have the the freakish athletes too like basketball has the best of the best physical athletes along with other ones but like like i said earlier we don't have the guys we have some pretty freakish athletes out here like for sure the fills and all 
I mean, I guess you would know better than me. When I look at TV, I'm like, it seems like they all get up way higher than us and are like way bigger, faster, stronger, but maybe not. I think they also have. I don't, I don't think so. More yeah, what do you think? I was, I, was, I was involved in that, all that stuff. And Athletes out here go, can go toe-to-toe athletically? I think. We'll take out the yes. outliers, like the the centers and those. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's a, guys in beach volleyball. They could jump. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone in beach volleyball, they got hops. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you if you take that and put it into a basketball court, they could do some freakish things as well. You know, just I think the biggest thing between the, the two athletes is is you know one weighs two hundred pounds and the other guys weigh two hundred and fifty pounds. Right, right, right. Yeah. So. So well, you don't have to be physical in our sport, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's no physicality in yeah. beach volleyball, so you don't need that extra weight. But you right. know, they're they're doing that freakish stuff with, totally. with that with that ah, extra weight. So point. you get a guy like LeBron, I mean, who weighs probably two fifty, two sixty, jumping oh, like God, like yeah. he is. Like it that it just blows my mind. Right. Um, you know, you think about you know, myself putting on a forty-pound weight vest and try to jump like that. There's no, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's not a shot I could do oh that. Oh my god, it's crazy. Um, so what yeah. about what about like uh, training-wise, like just being an elite, world-class athlete? Like you hear these stories about like Kobe and whatever Curry, Durant. These guys are just obsessive, compulsive, like all day, every day. They're just training. Uh, do you think our sport could use? a little bit more of that, like these guys that are putting in more time. Part of me wants to say, like, if we were making enough money to get paid to do that <laughs> and it was worth our time, yeah. then we would do it. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, do you think, like, our sport could use a little bit more of that? I, I think it couldn't hurt. Right. I think, um, you know, training like some of these guys do could benefit it, mm. could benefit a player of, you know, working on those skill sets. Um, but, yeah, like you said, is, is you know, sometimes getting – paid right you know will make you want to do that i mean you lebron came out with a statement i think a couple months ago and he and he said that he spends 1.5 million dollars a year just on his body and that's with nutrition you know train trainers sounds like nothing when i just saw his 154 million (laughs) dollar contract which is nothing compared to what he's made before that for sure for sure but no uh, totally i mean we i honestly think we spend uh a higher percentage of our income than he would, even though he's dropping yeah. that much money. Yeah. On our, I, I certainly have this last year. I pretty much spent all my money on my health. <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I always think of that too. Like I'm like, oh shit, these guys are putting in like these crazy hours. Yeah. I'm a professional athlete. I should hold myself to that standard. But I also, there's different factors. I mean, like for me personally, being out in the sun for eight hours yeah. like that's that's gonna that's you gonna do it. that's gonna wear me out right. just just being out there yeah um, and then being in sand and being in sand and moving around you know my legs are you know just completely die so it's it's different like you know in basketball you could go into a gym and shoot threes yeah and just do do just reps of shooting threes just you and, and maybe one guy yeah and maybe one guy and that's not gonna wear your body down or right. do or do any of but that's still gonna you know, help me improve as a basketball player. Right. You know, volleyball, it's a little tough. You can't go to the beach by yourself unless you want to go shag 80 balls, which (laughs) is a workout to go walk 60 (laughs) yards to get it. Exactly. Totally. And and even if you go and like have one other guy and, you know, do some serving reps or anything, it's, it's so going to put a little strain on your shoulder or something. Yeah. It's like working on dunking all day. 
Yeah. Like us hitting is like them working on dunking yeah, all day. Exactly. Kind of and obviously you, you can't do that. You right. can't do that every day or six hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. I like to hear that from you. Like stop holding these guys in such a high standard. I'm like, yeah, we're we're right up there with you boys. We just don't get to paycheck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. I, mean, I think like you said to Chase that you know, to put in that kind of work with volleyball is, is a different animal from basketball cause, or even like golf. Because like if you're a golfer, you can go putt for two hours and physically be totally fine. Driving but, range. You, know, you mentioned that your shoulder, you know, that needs a day and yeah. you're starting to figure that out. Like even if you're hitting standing shots, like that's still going to bring up that inflammation and you're not going to recover yeah. fully. So like there is a point that you do have yeah. to give yourself two days. And like football players, like they'll give themselves three or four days off for sure. from football. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. That's but, true. You know, and I think, too, a lot of the guys are putting in these types of hours. Like, you look at Reed Pretty. That dude, it, it's a full-time job. He's a robot. It's just not quite as visible <laughs> as with basketball because, like, Steph Curry will get two hours of media coverage for a shoot-around, right? But no right. one's going to go, like, oh, full media coverage, like, at the pier to yeah, watch yeah, Reed yeah. Pretty passing free balls on a rest day. You know, it, I think it's just... It's just totally different, just a different animal in general, just like in all aspects. And he has that indoor mindset. Like he's trying to transfer his in- indoor mindset to the beach. But I mean, I haven't seen, and I've been, tra- you know, did my quad on the world tour. None of the top US guys are, are like getting extra reps on their rest days kind of thing. Like you're getting your reps at practice, you're doing your treatment, and uh, a lot of it is more recovery base like you're doing rehab or prehab just so you can make it through like your shoulder can handle a season and that kind of thing and that i think takes away from a lot of the reps that other guys in other sports might be doing yeah like hayden's like he can't stop he can't stop rehabbing and working out because he feels like his body's just going to go backwards like twice as fast as it's going to go forward so he's just maintaining all day and he does like probably less reps than anyone on the beach right now yeah i listened to a podcast, the the art of manliness, and they said that Americans a lot of times they they overwork themselves so that the only way you could get them to rest. And I feel like with athletes, this is the way too. Is that like you have to convince them that your rest day is when you're actually like building your muscle and committing things right. to memory, uh, which is kind of true because like when you're in the weight room, like you're breaking down your muscle, and if you don't let it recover, then it's never actually going to get stronger. Right. So like when you think about like taking a rest day, is actually your day where like you you might be making the most strides. <laughs> it's kind of just reverse psychology. Crazy Americans. <laughs> well, look at like you look like who are the role models out there? It's like these guys who are like working at like The Rock and Kevin Hart, and they're like working out at like three a.m. Yeah, everyone's like, whoa, like I'm damn, I'm slacking, I'm sleeping for like eight hours a night. <laughs> damn, what a slacker! Like, no, he's a psychopath. Like, he's obsessive compulsive, like Kobe. Yeah. Like Kobe, Kobe's I've, I've, obsessive. Like, that's, yeah, he's got a disease or something. Yeah, I remember, I remember I worked out with Kobe when I was in college. Um, I went to his camp, and then he had me work out with him. And what he does is he does a basketball workout at 5 a.m. So you wake up at 4.15 or whatever, get to the gym, starts at 5. He does like one hour and goes so hard. I remember we were working out, and we're doing drills and stuff. We have a coach putting us through a little workout. And he's out there just going as hard as he can. You know, he's, he's not talking to me. He's not giving me any pointers or anything. Right. Um, one hour exactly. Once that one hour is up, he's done. 
And it was really funny because right after he was done, then he started giving me all his pointers. And just his mindset, just going into that workout was just unbelievable. Like he was just locked in and I've never seen someone. That's just, just another so, day for him. Just so too, crazy. Right? And that's his normal day. Right. And then like right after that, he had to go lift. And then right after that, he had like 30 minutes to get home to like have his chef there waiting with food because he has to like get his food in right. like a certain amount of time right after, right after he uh, lifted. So Jeez. Um, yeah, he's, he's a different breed. You know, he's up there with guys like, you know, MJ used to be like that too. Right. Of just of crazy workout nonstop. Yeah, I don't know if I'll get to that level. It's a little cold at the beach uh, that early. <laughs> kind of dark. A little dark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have to wait for the sun to come up. <laughs> That's true. You have to. We don't have a guy uh, flipping the lights on for us. Is Who's the, just in your time in the NBA, was there someone who had a Kobe-ish work ethic or is like Kobe on a whole new level? Like who else was like LeBron's that? LeBron's got to be like that, right? Um, yeah, Rich says LeBron's like that. Mm-hmm. LeBron, he said like LeBron's like the first one in the gym and the last one to leave right. and just getting his workout in. Um, you know, but like what, what impresses me so, so much is how they maintain their body though. Because for me going through a, a, an NBA season, my body gets broken down so hard and you go through so many ups and downs of like your back hurting to your quads to you just have injuries here and there and these guys are playing much more much more many minutes than I am and are lasting so much longer and are physically there so it's just like it's just gonna cost you 1.5 million dollars or whatever you said (laughs) (laughs) 1.5 I guess so but that's that's what that's what blows my mind on on how well they do at maintaining their body and playing at such a high level and how many minutes and games played and all that. I mean, for LeBron not to get hurt in the last like twelve years, fifteen years, or however long he's been playing, dude, um, I cannot believe. It. And, and making it to that many finals consecutively and like it's it's unreal of what he's he's done. And throwing off seasons away for Olympic runs too. Yeah, exactly. It's it it's yeah, it's truly inspiring and impressive. How's your body holding up on the beach season? It's it's doing great. Um, yeah, playing playing beach volleyball is way better than playing playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, it's way better than indoor too. Like I played yeah indoor until I was what twenty two or twenty three and beach is so much better. Like yeah, my just feet, my calluses on my feet aren't bleeding and my toes <laughs> toenails aren't purple anymore. Like just small stuff like that. Yeah, like just the hardwood the, beats the joints. You up. Just yeah. the joints, you know, yeah. just the knees and ankles yeah. and backs. Like you always have aches and pains with those playing on the hardwood, but yeah. um, the beach you don't. Mostly it's all muscles. It's all, you know, for me I feel it like in my quads or my my glutes, um, calves. It's like harder, there's more resistance, but not as much impact, right? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. exactly. Yeah, so the body's feeling great. You know, the the biggest thing is just making sure the shoulder's um, healthy because cause it's so new to the sport. You know, it needs to strengthen up and get used to the reps of, of hitting. Yeah. Maybe How's you got to get your shots down a little more. <laughs> get your off-speed game yeah, going right? and save your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to do it. How's the cardio, too? I mean, because you're a jump server and a blocker, and playing with Rosie, you get a fair amount of serves, too. So you're seeing a lot of action. How's just the cardio holding up? It's it's improving. Um, it's an ongoing thing of, of of figuring it out. But, man, that first, like, three weeks, I think, of, like, fully getting into it, 
I was exhausted. Yeah. I would like come home after a practice and like pretty much go straight to bed and nap like for, for two hours because I was so <laughs> dead, just so drained from, from running and blocking and hitting on the sand and the sun and the sun and the that. sun too. Yeah. Um, just, just all those, all those things really just wore me out and I was exhausted. So it took me a good three weeks just to like get over the first like training camp hump kind of like how training camp is in basketball. Um, and it's just still an ongoing thing of just just improving and you know getting that cardio down, trying to get the extra cardio. Like when I go to the weight room, do do some sprints or bike sprints um, to just make sure it's always there. Because you're right, I do get more serves and um, having to jump a lot more and do a lot more out there. Yeah, are people starting to uh, to switch it up, serving Rosie a little bit more? Because like you said, I mean, your offense, you're making less mistakes. I mean, when I watched you in Seattle and, and like, Laguna, like, you, you just beat everything. And, you, I mean, you're siding out at a really high rate. Yeah, I think they, they mix it up for sure. Um, I usually get a lot of balls to start, start sets with, start matches with, and then, um, you know, if I'm doing well, then they'll, they'll see how Sean's doing. So, um, yeah, earlier on in, in the first couple of tournaments, it was strictly on me. But now, um, as the tournaments are going, I think they're they're starting to switch it up now. Just don't sh- uh, set Sean as well, and then they'll serve him more. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Setting him too well, <laughs> make him struggle a little, and get your get your swagger back a little bit. Like, come on, Sean, curious. <laughs> and now, where where can our beach volleyball fans find you on social media? Where are you most active? Um, mostly on Instagram. Okay. And it's Buttinger 10. Buttinger 10. I'm assuming that was your number in basketball? It was my, yes, it was my NBA number. Okay. Um, funny story. So when I got, um, drafted, um, I got drafted by Detroit and then traded on draft night, like 30, like 30 minutes later, 10 minutes later to Houston. So they give me a call and the PR, the PR lady like congratulates me and whatever. And like, like tells me that I have to go in like the next morning for, um, to do press conference and all that. But then she goes, so what, what number do you want? And growing up, my number was 34. So for Shaq, um, you're going, no, my, my, no, I just was 34. I think what happened in high school was. Um, I was a freshman on varsity, so I only had two numbers to choose from. Yeah. And one was 34 and one was like 55. And it was like <laughs> this giant football Huge. jersey from a football player. So yeah. I chose 34. And then when, and then when I got to um, college, I just stuck with my high school number. So, but then when I got drafted by the Rockets, um, they asked me like, yeah. and I go, oh, you know, I'll, I'll stick with my high, college number, 34. And like the girl kind of chuckles and laughs and goes, um, yeah, you that can't take you, you can't have that one. It's kind of taken. <laughs> There's a kind of a statue in front of the in yeah. front of the arena. <laughs> and like I had to like sit there and think about it for a minute. I'm like, oh shoot, that is right. Wow, what a what a bonehead. Well then I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> mine. So then um I had to really go back to my like my roots and before before high school, I was always playing playing as ten as a little kid. So um, jump back to 10. All right. Buttinger 10. Buttinger 10. Yeah. <laughs> right, not yeah. Buttinger 34. <laughs> yeah. Buttinger, Buttinger 10. Yeah. Now, if you had <laughs> to give any one piece of advice to any up and coming beach volleyball player, what would that piece of advice be? 
Um, the biggest advice, um, just enjoy the journey. Um, you know, this sport is, is a lot of fun. Um, you know, you get to go on the beach every day and, um, practice and compete. Um, you know, it's, it's a real joy to play. So just, just to enjoy the journey, um, because it's a great lifestyle. All right. Booyah. Try. You got anything else for Chase? I got a lot more, but uh, I'm, I'm going to pick his brain off the, <laughs> off the podcast for the next year or so, probably. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to have you on again for sure to see uh, maybe a recap of, of your first season on the beach. I mean, you're pretty much a shoe-in for Rookie of the Year. So you'll, oh, yeah. you'll be able to add that to your long-growing list of accolades. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little early. It's a little early. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of anyone who's even in the running. Yeah, actually, I have no idea. <laughs> DR? Maybe you want it already. I think DR is probably second. I don't know. To be honest. Yeah, so you're pretty much shooting. Go get it. Year, so Go congratulations. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait to get that award. <laughs> we appreciate you coming nice. on the podcast, nice. though. I'll thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for having busy, me. So we appreciate you taking a... Of course. A, this is a long one, too. Appreciate you coming on for a oh, while. Yeah, of maybe. course, yeah. No problem. Well, good My luck pleasure. in San Fran, and, and maybe uh, you and Duncan will see each other main draw. Uh, hopefully not, but <laughs> that would be fun. That would be some entertaining exposure for us. So, yeah. They, got, they better throw that one up on Amazon. People are going to want to see that. For sure. For <laughs> sure. That better be a stadium if that happens. I like it. <laughs> Buds. <laughs> There's, there would be a lot of yelling back and forth, I bet. Yeah. There we go. If I, if I gave one, like, like, you know, shit-talking towards him... It's it's He's over after that. He will just lose his mind. There's no pressure on him either. Yeah. Like you're supposed to beat him at this point. Yeah, but in his mind Rosie. though, I'm still the little brother. Yeah. So in his mind, he can't <laughs> let the little brother beat him. That's gonna be a good one. <laughs> if, if they don't if they don't stream it, we'll we'll try to stream it maybe on our uh, our uh, Instagram live. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Sweet. Right, Thanks guys. Shoot.